Matthew 24, verse 3 to 4. Before I get into the Word of God, is this the service revival is going to break out? I mean, is this the day that God is suddenly going to invade this place and you're going to fall on your face before God or you're going to get healed? Is this the day that a blind eye yells out, hey, I've just, I can see, or a deaf ear is going to hear? Is this, campuses, is it, is it today? I'm, I'm in expectation. I, I get up in the morning, I say, God, is this the day? Is this the day that revival fire breaks out? Is this the day we have another? Is anyone ex- with me? Anyone? One, two, five? Campuses, are you with us? Is this the day of Pentecost? You know, if there's no expectation, it's never going to happen. If you don't expect God to break out in your life, revolutionize and transform your life totally, it will never happen. I pray most days that God will so meet with me that when I, people see me next thing, they say, what has happened to you? My life utterly transformed by the power of God. Because that's what happened in the Bible. That's what it's Christianity is meant to be like. Um, it, basically, if we're still the same today as we were a month ago, uh, it's not good. We should be changing. God should be transforming us. We should be becoming more like Jesus, all of that sort of stuff. Anyway, is it, ask the person next to you, is it today? <laughs> All right, Matthew 24, 3 to 4. What will be the sign of your coming? They're asking Jesus. And the end of the age, which we are in. Jesus answered and he said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. So the first thing that Jesus warns us about in the days in which we live is deception. You know, the Bible talks about false teachers coming in these days with really cunningly devised fables leading many, many astray and away from the faith. It's out there, friends. It's online. It's everywhere. You know, false teachers, false prophets, false apostles are going to be emerging more and more in the days in which we live. And so take heed, no one deceives you. And as we pursue prayer and the activity of the Spirit, then as the Spirit level goes up and up and up, you know, God is moving, things are happening, the danger of deception increases all the more. And so to counter that, what we need is a Bible reading revival. Because when you know God's Word, it protects you against deception. You're able to discern. You might be hearing a sermon, might be hearing someone preach, and you're going to think, no, that's not right. You pick it up. You know, the, the thing with deception, I've mentioned it before, is that what you hear is 95% of it is fantastic. You think, wow, 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 wow. Then there's poison. Then it goes, wow, 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 but you missed out the fact that there was poison in the middle of it. That's all it takes to get you deceived. You know, so the devil comes like, you know, not with horns on, <laughs> as an angel of light. Just looks like he's got it all right. The preacher sounds so fantastic, but there's deception in the midst of it. That's why we've got to know the word of God so we can discern when we're facing deception. And if we don't know the Bible, we get deceived, we get spiritually scammed, which means we don't enjoy the life and the blessings that God has planned for us. We know a natural scamming that's all over the place now, it's just becoming bigger and bigger business, you know, billions of dollars. One in five New Zealanders are targeted for scams. So be on your way, naturally being targeted for scams, but I'd say five out of five Christians are being targeted for spiritual scamming. All of us are on target for the devil. He goes around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. Okay, so you're on his target list. So we're looking at how to scam-proof your life. All right, number one is read your Bible daily. 
Hebrews 5, 13 to 14, everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When you know the word of God, you can discern what's good, what's evil, what's truth, and what is error. Problem with today's Western church is they say 85% of Christians do not read their Bible Monday through Sunday. Therefore, potential of being spiritually scammed and deceived is extremely high. Extremely high. So can I encourage us, get familiar with the Word of God. Begin to understand what it talks about so you can work out when uh, something is, is not quite right. Tozer said, Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance of God's word. When we're ignorant of this, that's his, his goal, Satan's goal. He lives in terror of the day. You're going to pick one of these up and start reading it. He's got to do everything in his power to make sure you never do that because otherwise you're going to work out what's truth, what's error. You're going to grow in God, and he certainly doesn't want that to happen. So can I encourage us that? We have a balanced spiritual life. So a devotional life is well balanced between reading the word and praying. Some people are just strong in prayer, but they hardly read the Bible. That's no good. Some people are just strong in the word, but they hardly pray. Well, that's no good either. So my recommendation for those who want to take it is spend 30 minutes as a a starter, just as a beginner, 30 minutes in the word each day and 30 minutes in prayer. It's a good start and then stretch it out way beyond that, all right, and just keep growing in God. So read your Bible Pray every day. <clears throat> and can I, we're encouraging everyone, campuses, please hear us, to uh, bring a handwritten Bible to church on Sundays. I just think there's something about it that's special, and at the same time, just leave your phone at home. Thank you. <laughs> handwritten Bibles, okay? So we can refer, there's something about reading this book that is really powerful. I know you can have it on your phone in different ways, but, you know, that's fine. So here's a... Here's a uh, statement about 40,000 people were surveyed, and some of you have heard this, but worth hearing again. Uh, those who read the Bible once a week, it, uh, once, a, yeah, once a week, it virtually makes no difference. So if you read this once a week, twice a week, very little difference, three times a week, minor difference. But once you get to four times a week engaging in this word, not just five minutes, but really engaging, listening, reading, asking God to speak to you four times a week, watch what happens. The change in your life is dramatic, all right? What happens is loneliness drops 30%. Incredible, eh? Anger reduces 32%. So if you're an angry person, hey, get into the book. Uh, Bitterness drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Viewing porn uh, porn drops 61%. So here's a challenge, friends, is four times a week, quality time in this book, and you will never, ever be the same person again. Four times a week. Come on, folks. You can do this. We can do this. It's not hard. You know, you can spend your rest of your life trying to come under the favor and the blessing of God. God, do this. Heal me. Give me a breakthrough. Restore my relationships. You know, you can pray forever, friends, but I'm suggesting to you, do that. But if you get in this book, there's probably a greater chance of all those things being outworked in your life. So why go the rest of your life trying, trying, struggling, striving, when if by getting into this book, it can get the answers that you're actually looking for? I'll share a bit more on that tonight. 
how powerful this book actually is once we start getting into it. Hey, I got a testimony came in, which uh, thank you for those who are sending testimonies. We really appreciate them. But this person said, I found a, uh, the Sunday's message uh, inspiring. I decided to read the Bible regularly again. That's a good start, eh? Yeah. I set an achievable goal to read one chapter before every meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I started with Matthew, and the plan is to read through the New Testament. I read the paper copy, or my phone, or the audio Bible, depending on where I'm at, at mealtimes. How good is that? One chapter before every meal. And uh, here's a challenge for all of us. As one person in a church told me, they said, if they don't read the Bible one day, no breakfast the next day. Tell the person next to you, no breakfast. Yeah, no breakfast the next day. All right? How many of you are going to start missing a lot of bread? You know what? You're going to save a lot of money in these economic hard times. You know, just don't read your Bible, no breakfast. You're going to save some money. But I reckon, read your Bible, have your breakfast, and God will give you more money. All right. Alternatively, uh, read your Bible before you have breakfast. Because spiritual food is more important than natural food. And everyone said? Amen. Spiritual food? Is more important than natural food, and all the campuses said? Oh, oh man, that was so loud. It's definitely awesome. <laughs> it's a challenge. Eh? So There's simple, very simple things, but it can make a huge difference in our lives. Second way to scam-proof your life is to truly believe what the Bible says. Let me give you a scripture on this, all right? Malachi 3, verse 10. If, you get, if it's on the screen, no, it's not on the screen. Let's all read it. Oh, let me read it to you. Uh, bring all the tithes, it's 10% of your income, gross, <coughs> to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord, if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out on you such blessing, such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive. Who likes that verse? It's an amazing verse. Do you know how you get spiritually scammed? You don't believe that verse. So you don't tithe. And so the windows of heaven, the blessing of God, the protection of God, doesn't come into your life. That's how the devil works, you see. That's how we get spiritually scammed. There's, there's scriptures in here that we just don't want to believe. And we say, yeah, yeah, I believe the Bible. Well, if we believe it, we'll actually do it. So the devil is so clever. You know, we just, he just makes sure, he will make sure key verses, Make sure you don't believe that one. Make sure you don't believe that one. Because he knows once you believe it, heaven's going to open over your life. I mean, this verse is probably one of the greatest single keys to the favor and the miracle power of God in your life than any other verse in all of Scripture. God even says, hey, test me on this. But the point I'm trying to make is simple. If you don't, if you want, to, if you don't want to be spiritually scammed, you've got to believe all that the Bible says. And when you believe it, it opens the heavens over you. Now, the third way to, be, not to, be, to scam-proof your life is James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. Campuses, everybody, my own conviction, probably one of, the, one of the greatest challenges facing the Western church today is the need for a Bible reading revival. We've heard a lot about a prayer revival, and I'm 100% behind that. You know I champion that cause wherever I go. 
But I reckon right alongside that, we need a Bible reading revival as well. It's a great key, but not only a Bible reading revival, but that we become doers of the word, that we actually do what the Bible says. It's not enough just to read it, because if you only read it and don't do it, that's a key to deception. That's how you get deceived. If you keep hearing sermons and don't do anything with them, you get deceived. You get deceived. If you keep reading the book and you don't do it, my scripture says you will get deceived. Be, read, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So please avoid getting deception, become a doer of the word. You know, if we're not doers of the word, it really explains why some people can hear thousands of sermons, but they're no different than they were 10 years ago. No more fruit of the spirit, no more like Christ. Read the story of this lady, she's late for work. She's behind this guy and he's going super slow and he's, there's no way he's gonna speed up. So she came up right close to him, made no difference. Came to a, a, a light that was about to change and instead of just getting through, the man was intent on stopping. And uh, you know, the woman would honk her horn at him, she'd do everything. And when he wouldn't go through a light that he could have gone through, she lost it. She just went ballistic, she was yelling and cursing and swearing and all kinds of things. Well, a policeman pulled her up and arrested her and put her in a holding cell. Two hours later, he came out, he apologized, he said, look, sorry, we've verified that the car is yours. And so she said, well, why did you arrest me in the first place? Well, he said, I was behind you and I noticed that you were yelling and cursing and swearing, but then I saw you had a Christian license plate. <laughs> and honk if you love Jesus. So then I was assured this car must have been stolen. That's why I arrested you. See, her life didn't match up to her faith. You see, you can read the Bible, you can hear sermons, not obey, and live just like the world. Huh? Come on, church. We've got to read and we've got to obey because that's what changes us. You want to end up living like the world. Now, if you are a shocking driver and you belong to Church Unlimited, do not have a Christian plate on the back. And when you, if you do put some sign on it, tell them that you attend the Baptist Church or some other church somewhere out there. Do not put Church Unlimited on it, okay? Because uh, our reputation is at stake. Doers of the word, all right? Doers of the word. Now, let me go to the fourth way to scam-proof your life. You've got to learn to use the Bible as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, come on. A weapon that can defeat the enemy, all right? So we're going to go to Ephesians 6, 10, 11, and 17. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Can I just make a point there? If you want to withstand every attack of the devil, you've got to have on the full armor of God. If you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm just being wiped out, I'm being knocked down, I'm being defeated, just check, have you got the full armor on? It's all found in Ephesians chapter six, all right? So sometimes we think, why am I losing it? Why am I, well, it's all in here, friends. <laughs> just gotta read it, all right? But then it goes on and says in verse 11, it says, and the sword of the spirit it's our weapon to fight with, which is the Word of God. Now, there's only two weapons we can fight with, is prayer and the Word. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're going to win in life, you've got to be strong in prayer and strong in the Word. It's not rocket science, friends. It's pretty basic, isn't it? Pretty simple. Uh, we just got to put that into practice. So the sword is like, it was, it was like a little dagger, and it was considered a, a, just a brutal weapon that could slay the enemy in the natural, but it's also true in the spiritual. It's a powerful weapon. But when it says their Word, you know, which is the Word of God, it's talking about a, a rhema word, which means a word God has spoken to you, a word that God's drawn to your attention, like, you know, you're facing a situation, difficulty, challenge. What you need is God to bring a word to you that is a sword that you can use to thrust into the enemy and defeat him. And if you're going to get a word that God draws to your attention or speaks to you, then you've got to be in the word to get a word. And you've got to get a word from the word. All right, so you've got to be in this book for God. When you're struggling with a battle right now, you know, you, you know, key to getting through is a word from God, a scripture that's going to help you. So you've got to hear what that is. But if you're not in the book, it's going to be very hard for God to draw your attention to a verse of scripture. So then you've not got the sword of the spirit. It's going to be really hard to defeat the enemy. Let me give you an example of this. There was a lady by the name of Anna, all right, and she, had, uh, she was diagnosed with uh, five blood diseases, and she was given two years to live. And so um, she's in a wheelchair, and uh, she goes to a healing meeting, and she hears the pastor's quoting, or the preacher's quoting Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and uh, even though I walk through the valley. And I heard the word, I walk, just came alive. But she was sitting. So when the we speaker said, I walk for the third time, the scripture came so alive in her heart, the sword of the spirit, she says, angels lifted her out of the wheelchair and she began to run around and around and around the church. How good is that, church? How good is that? How good is that? See, what had happened is on that third time, God put the sword of the Spirit, I walk, into her hand and it was used to slay the enemy and she had a victory and she had a healing and she had a breakthrough. It came from the sword of the Spirit. And so what we need God to do for us in, time, in different times in our lives when we're facing a battle for God to give us a scripture that will help us and will transform us and be like the sword of the Spirit. We can thrust into the enemy and defeat him in Jesus' name. So the more you've got the Bible, the more he can give you the sword. The quickened word that can defeat the enemy. And what some of you need, and maybe we're praying to this tonight, is for you to know what is the sword, what is the word God wants you to have in this season of your life with what you are facing so you can slay the enemy in Jesus' name. Who reckons that'll be pretty cool? You know, one word from God is gonna change and transform everything in your life. So here's a, an assignment for those who would like to take it up. Here's just a thought for you. Why don't you read a chapter of the book of Acts every day this week? Do it for four weeks and you'll read through the whole book of Acts. All right, maybe a few people might take that one up. I'm just trying to put tools into your hands so that you can start getting into reading the Word of God. Make sure you pass Bible truths to your children. Let your children see you reading the Bible. Let your grandchildren see you reading the Bible because children listen with their eyes. It's not what you say. You can tell them, hey, Johnny, have you read your Bible? And he's looking at you and saying, have you read your Bible? <laughs> yeah. Johnny, pay attention when you hear the word of God. You know, well, are you, you know, are you paying attention? So, you know, it's, look, there's nothing else you do for your kids, please. Minimum, just bare minimum. 
Look, just hold it open. Don't even read it. Just hold it open, you know. Just walk around the kitchen with your Bible in your hand, you know. They're going to say, what's that in your hand? You're going to say, I don't know what it is. But anyway, it's going to look good. What scripture are you reading? Oh, I don't know. Let me John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Come on, church. Come on, church. Fathers, lead the way. Mothers, let's get into it. Let's, let them read. Let them see you reading your Bible. And hey, if you do have to do it on your phone, which I, you know, that's, that's okay, but somehow let them know you're reading the Bible. It's on the phone that you're not just on Instagram, you know, watching whatever you watch on Instagram. Let them know you're actually reading the Bible. All right, who reckons that's a pretty cool idea? Hey, tell the person next to you, I'm going to do this. Oh, I hope you're not lying. Don't lie now. Read your Bible. <laughs> Wycliffe Bible Commentary. Listen to what they say. The effect of preaching depends on the state of the hearer's heart. Hey, don't look at me. It's no good, not, not to do with how good I am. <laughs> it's all about how good you are. How good your heart is. You know the three soils? The stony ground and the, the thorns and the good soil and all the rest of it? The wayside? All the different soils. The, word, the impact of the word of God isn't dependent on how... You know, people say, oh, what a great preacher, what a great... Man. No, forget that stuff, folks. It's our heart. It's the condition of our heart that determines what we get out of a message. That's why the most pathetic message can have more impact than anything else because it's something speaks to you. That's what it's about. We've, made a, we've idolized preaching, and it's a big mistake. We've idolized preachers, and it's a big mistake. We need to idolize the Word of God, absolutely, but we need to get our hearts in the right condition so that, we can, that, that it falls on good soil and it bears fruit. Is anyone with me on this? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so, so take the attention off the preacher all right, you know, I've come to here, wonder how good the word is today. No, wonder how good my heart is today. Hello, hello, how good is my heart today? Is it, is it good soil? Bear fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. Another commentary put it this way. I like this one. In churches for centuries, many hearers sit evaluating the quality of the preacher. And the word he brings, without realizing what was actually happening, was that the word was evaluating them. Yeah. Moving right along. Guinness Book of Records, Guinness Book of World Records, states the Bible is the number one bestseller of all time. This book. And over, this is historical, all right? It's probably, it's changed since this, but over 300 languages, at the time I've got this information, it sold 3.9 billion copies last 50 years, and 6 billion had been printed, okay? So 3.9 billion copies sold, 6 billion printed. The quotes of Mao Tung, the second, he came second, with 820 million. And poor old Harry Potter was third at just a minute 400 million. The Bible, 6 billion. Six billion. Yeah. Everyone say six billion. Six. Yeah, six billion. Wow. Compared to 400 million, nothing. Yeah. It's 
absolutely nothing in contrast to the, to the power of this book, the number one bestseller of all time. It'll never be, there's no, the Bible is without equal, without equal. You know, I read this Bible, this, I read this warning about the Bible. Who wants to have a warning about the Bible? If you get this book, watch out, okay? Be very, very careful, because this is what can happen. It's habit forming. Mm. Regular use, regular use, careful now, causes loss of anxiety and fear. It has a decreased appetite for lying, for hating, for sin. You be careful. This book is really powerful. The habits are going to form in your life. This anxiety is going to go. Fear is going to go. That sin you love is going to go. Oh, maybe I better not read that book because I want to enjoy my sin. Results in increased symptoms of peace, joy, love. The things we spend our lives searching for peace, joy, love. And it's sitting in your hands. It is sitting in your hands. The pathway to peace, the pathway to joy, the pathway to, to, uh, to love, the pathway to freedom from sin, all of it, it's, 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 it's in your hands, right there. I mean, this, this, this book is, un- you're going to hear it tonight, incredibly powerful. It's life-changing, life-transforming. If only we can get into it. So the devil's got to work overtime. He cannot let you get into this book. He cannot. Because you're going to have love, joy, peace, fear's going to go, anxiety's going to go. You know, the love for sin is going to go. Everything is going to change in your life. And he's, he's, he's terrified. He's terrified you're going to get into this book. Because suddenly you're going, to have the, you're going to have a Christian life you enjoy. And he doesn't want you to know anything about that. Stories told about this boy. He said to his grandfather, you're always reading your Bible. He said, don't you know it by now? <laughs> and the grandfather, you know, there's always something new to learn. And the boy just said, yeah, but that granddad, you know, you, you, you just don't need to keep reading it all the time. You know, it's, it can, what's the point of that? So his granddad said, well, let's, let's do a little test here. See that coal basket over there by the wood burner, by the wood stove? He said, run down the creek, fill it up with water and bring it back to me. A seven-year-old boy didn't understand me. He ran down to the creek, filled it up with water. By the time he got back, because um, it was a loosely woven basket, there was no water in it. So he said to the, the boy, said, well, what do I do now? He said, run down to the creek. He said, run faster. He said, you're running too slow. So he ran faster. He came back. Still got no water in it. And the boy said, this is hopeless. This is a waste of time. Granddad said, no, no, just, just one more time. Come on. One time. Fast. Run as fast as you can. He's running as fast as he can. He comes back. Still no water on it. And grandfather said to him, to the seven-year-old boy, he said, did you notice what happened to that cold basket? And the boy looks at it and he said, oh. He said, it was all black before. But he said, now it's all clean. When you read the Bible, friends, you may not feel like it's doing anything. You may not even remember what you read. But I'm telling you, it's cleaning up your life. It's cleaning up your life. It is changing your life. 
It is transforming you. It is removing stuff that shouldn't be there. It is it's taking away that things that you don't like. It's bringing you peace. It's bringing you love. It's bringing you joy. It's going to work breakthroughs for you. There's a sort of the Spirit in there. Keep reading this book, friends, even though it feels like nothing is happening. I'm telling you something good is happening. This Word is full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. It was written by man, anointed and moved by the Holy Ghost. This is a living Word. It changes lives. It transforms people. It sets captives free. It opens prison doors. It heals the sick. It opens blind eyes. It raises the dead. It restores family. It restores marriages. It changes and transforms our lives into being more Christ-like. This is no ordinary book, friends. Full of power. The devil's got to make sure, though. Don't let you get near it. If you get near it, just a couple of quick minutes. Just just 10 minutes, read a couple of chapters, put it away. It's not going to do it. It's got to keep you from the book. We are determined that we're going to beat the devil, and he's not going to keep us from the book. Gypsy Smith put it this way. It's not how many times you have been through the Bible. It's how many times the Bible has been through you. Mm. Mm. When you think, what's the point? I've read it before. Keep reading it. It's doing its work in your life. Years back, I found that I would at times react too quickly in situations. Then say some things that I might regret. Has anyone ever been like that? About five of us. The rest of you are obviously in this book all the time. <laughs> and you just have the fruit of patience and self-control. Well, God bless you. But for the 10 of us, listen to my story. The 10 of us that still need some help. All right, so I was a bit like that. And um, I, I, I used to upset me. And I thought, man, this is not good. And then I was reading the Bible and I was convicted by a verse. It was like the sword of the Spirit. Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules the Spirit than he who takes the city. I've always been one that, yeah, we're gonna take the city. We're gonna take the city, come on, we're gonna bring Jesus, we're gonna see a revival. And God said to me, if you can control your spirit, you're better than someone who takes the city. I was ticked off, I thought, oh, it's a bit mean, isn't it? Surely taking a city is, no, 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 he said, he who controls his spirit better than he who takes a city. So I thought to myself, man, I'd better get on top of this thing. So I got hold of that sword of the spirit and I'd read that verse day after day after day after day after day. And I'm still the same as I was before. No, no, no. (laughs) But I'm better. I've improved a lot from what I used to be like before. And people who know me well would say, yep, that's absolutely true. I haven't perfected it yet, but I'm a lot better. See, that's the sort of the Spirit, friends. Changes you, transforms you. And what, what actually happens there, once I get that, it sets me free. See, the truth sets you free. If you're struggling for freedom, check out this book. Check out this book. So look, can I just say a couple more things as we, we wrap this up this morning? There really is no set formula for Bible reading. So you can read it however you want. Just make sure you read it. You might read several chapters a day. You might read different parts of the Bible each day. 
Or you might read one passage over and over and over and over and over and over again. I do that sometimes. I get stuck on a passage of scripture and I'll read that same passage because I've got the sword in my hand and I'll meditate on it for some period of time and I might do it for a few months and not read a lot more of the rest of the Bible. And that doesn't happen all the time. But there's no formula, friends. If, you, if you're in a formula, can I encourage you? Cut it. Change it. Because you're trapped. Because you've got to get out of that formula and find, okay, God, no, is there some different thing that you want me to do? And you might be reading through the book of Acts, for example, or whatever, but the Lord might say, no, 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 you actually need to be in, in the book of John right now. Yeah. And you've got to be open to that, all right? So try not to, I mean, hey, look, if you're reading the Bible, fantastic, but just, there's no formula. Try not to get trapped into doing it one certain way, uh, because I think that's a, that, it's just one of those things. So, you know, when God speaks to us, the key is reading it so God can speak. Because when God speaks, they become anchors in your life. I've got a, I've got a few anchors, folks. <laughs> Things God has spoken to me, and I, I can come back to those. When I get trouble, I go back to my anchor. No, 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 God, you said, I, I know what you said. Whew, I get peace, peace comes back. And I get trouble about another situation. No, no, God, you gave me a scripture on that one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that verse you spoke to me. It's like my history, but it's also like anchors. And they hold you strong in times of storm. You know, the three great challenges to reading the people, why people don't read their Bible, top excuses, lack of discipline, distraction, and just too busy. Lack of discipline, is that you? Distraction, you get into your Bible and before you know it, you're on your phone. Distraction, lack of discipline, distraction, just got to watch those things. Too busy. If you're too busy, then you're too busy. Change it. God's not designed your life to be too busy. There's stuff you must be doing that you shouldn't be doing so you can get more time in this book. All right, as I wrap this up. So here's the great challenge for us. There's four ways to scam-proof your life so you enjoy all the blessings that God has for you. Quality time, daily reading the Bible. Number two, truly believe all that the Bible teaches. Don't edit it. Don't cut out the things you don't quite like. Believe it. Number three, be a doer of God's word, not a hearer only, and learn to use the Bible as a sword of the spirit to defeat the enemy. It is time for a Bible reading revival. With that, we will be ready for a full revival. Miracles will flow. Multitudes will be saved. And New Zealand will be impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our vision. That's our goal in Jesus' name.